Be honest, I don't know if it's a bad sign that I've had Alice Cooper's No More Mr. Nice Guy blaring in my head this entire week as I've been preparing this homily. But I read a book this last week that was recommended to me for my studies on what is healthy masculinity. And it, that's, that was the title of the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover. It was a fascinating read, but there are definitely ideas in it that are totally contrary to Catholic teaching. And so if you do want to read that, feel free to talk to me about it beforehand or after, because that would have to be clarified. So the first thing everyone is probably going to think is what I thought when I saw that title, like, what's, the ro- what's wrong with being a nice guy? I mean, isn't that what we should all be striving for, to be nicer? There's this distinction here. It's not a problem of being nice. It's a problem of being dishonest. It's when being nice comes from a place of fear and not authenticity. So he says the opposite of a nice guy is not a jerk, but a man who is unafraid to be who he is at every circumstance in his life. At all times, he lives in the authenticity of his being. So the example of this would be the movie Back to the Future. That's what I was thinking about when I watched this, when I read this book. Marty's father, George, He's a typical nice guy whose family's a mess because he doesn't take any control or order over it, and he's being continually bullied by his boss, Biff. And because of that, his children are suffering and his wife is suffering. So Marty travels back in time, in a sense, to save his father. And the goal of Marty isn't to turn his father, George, into a bully like Biff, but to turn him into a confident man who can protect his family and stand up to people like Biff and be successful in life. So I'm going to talk about a few points from this book and show how really the nature of the nice guy is reflected in the Pharisees that we read about today in the gospel who hide behind the law in fear and in a sense are dishonest because of it and how Christ who lived in freedom and the confidence of the spirit that came from his heavenly father is the complete opposite attitude of the Pharisees. So first off, what is a nice guy? There are many points in this book but I wanted to, that I can't discuss, but I'm going to try to describe it in light of a simple analogy that I think encapsulates the central idea. Think of about a man as his whole being is like a property, like his house and his yard outside that surrounds it. So the mother is in charge of the inside of the house. She builds up the heart, the compassion, the sense of sacrifice and kindness. And the father is in charge of the yard, the outside, the mindset, his discipline, his ambition, his independence, his sense of fight and know-how in life. So the first stage of childhood development is building up the inside of the house. And that's a mother's responsibility. And the internal virtues that a child needs to gain from its mother can never come from a man. He needs that relationship with his mother to really identify with his own heart in the early stages of his life. But then he must learn how to go from inside his house to conquer the domain of his own yard, his external boundaries. And that is something that can only come from his father. The father leads the son from the internal protection of the house into the chaos of the world to face it without fear. The problem of the nice guy 
is that he never had a masculine role to draw him out of his house. So in a sense, he remains within himself, looking through the windows, afraid to manifest who he really is in his heart, afraid to claim the territory that is rightfully his. So the issues that arise from that is a sense, oftentimes, of dishonesty. So he can't be honest with people around him because he doesn't manifest his true desires in that. Right? And so people can never really get to know who he is. And then what builds on top of that is his boundaries are often broken. It's like the guys who don't know how to say no. Right? So because they don't have a fence around their yard, people are constantly walking around their property. And he's angry about it, but he doesn't know how to come out and set up a proper boundary. And that's where resentment sets in. So if you want to know if you're doing something out of authentic kindness, or if you're being a nice guy mentality, you got to listen to the resentment that grows in your heart. Because that either means you're not standing up for what is yours, or someone else is encroaching into your territory. So resentment is a huge indicator of that. So it's about having clear ideas of your own boundaries, your desires, your identity, and living out of that in freedom without fear to be who you are at every moment of your life. What creates the nice guy mentality? Well, this was a really fascinating aspect of the book. He says that this attitude of the nice guys is really something that is predominant principally in our times in the past 75 years of Western history. Boys need to grow up around men in order to teach them how to become men. And only a man can instill masculine virtues into a boy. It has to come from other men. And since World War II, that was the first time when so many men had to leave home to go to fight. And so it left the mothers to have to raise the children at home. And then after that, what did we have in the West? We had the sexual revolution and we had feminist ideology explode in, in America. And on top of that, the divorce rates skyrocket. So just to give you an idea, in the 1950s, 5% of households were single mothers. 5% of boys were raised by single mother households. In our day today, it's 50% of boys growing up without fathers in their home. And in some communities, it's as high as 70%. And then with our school systems, 75% of teachers from kindergarten till post-college are feminine. Now there's nothing wrong with the feminine energy, with, with the feminine care that's given to a child, but boys are not having the opportunity in life to assimilate masculine energy. And so they end up growing up afraid to leave the comfort of their home. So a, boy, a society of boys growing up without women degrades into warfare and chaos. A society of boys growing up without men, they degrade into weak, passive-aggressive men afraid to, to manifest who they really are in life. Boys will just grow up remaining inside themselves afraid to manifest, afraid of conflict. And this is why they say every boy in life needs to learn how to fight. Not for the sake of violence, but courage. Because you gotta get learn, you gotta learn to get punched in the face. It's very important for a young man to get punched in the face a few times in life in even you know friendly combat. Because what it teaches him is that I'm the type of person that can get punched, that can fall down and get up again. 
Because that's exactly what's going to happen to every single young boy when he actually starts to step into who he is as a man. Life will punch you in the face. And if you don't take those punches, then you end up living in the fear of your own mind. You never step into it. That's why that famous line from Rocky, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Men caves, social media and video games, pornography are all prevalent because our young boys have not learned how to take a punch in the face from reality. And that's when you stay in the home afraid. And that's, that's the systemic problem that we're running to now in our times because it's a problem because it's systematic. Because weak men create weak societies. And weak societies are overtaken by tyrannical systems, by bullies, who little by little will encroach on your property. Same thing that happens to little boys. Who do bullies go after? Universally. They go after the weak ones. The guys who won't stand up for themselves. Where do tyrannical governments arise? When you have a bunch of weak people who don't stand up and protect their own rights, who don't understand their own boundaries. That's why the problems of the individuals always rise to systemic problems in the countries. So how does this re reflect on the Pharisees? And this applies to every single one of us, regardless of your gender. The Pharisees really represented the nice guys because they lived in fear, hiding behind the law. And that always leads to an inauthentic mode of being. So they weren't being honest with themselves, not with God and not with others. So Christ never reprimanded the Pharisees because of the law. What he reprimanded was their hypocrisy. He called them whitewashed tombs. Right? He said, who you are on the inside doesn't reflect what you try to manifest on the outside. It's inauthentic. So the law was a facade that they hid behind just as a nice guy grows up hiding in the facade of his home. They're not free, and it led to dishonesty. So they'd speak to Jesus, right? This was a dishonest relations that he was talking about. They'd, they'd act like they were asking him questions to learn, but what were they really doing in the background? They were testing him, trying to make him fail. And when that didn't work, they went alone by themselves to conspire to kill him. And Pilate even speaks about that when they handed him over on his day of his death. Why did, what was their motive for handing him over? Because they envied him. They envied his freedom and the way that he was living his life. So Jesus was the opposite of the nice guy. And Jesus wasn't a jerk. He was himself at all times without fear. Jesus Christ was a man who lived out of the authenticity of his being at every moment of his life. So this is really about the passage from the law to the spirit, a passage that every single one of us is called to take in our faith. Jesus didn't take away the law. He came to fulfill it. And the law is feminine in its nature, just as the spirit is masculine in its nature. The law raises us in our infancy like a protective mother. And it's absolutely necessary, as every woman is necessary to the healthy raising of a child. But then we must learn to transcend the law into the freedom of the Spirit, and that is a Spirit that can only come from our Heavenly Father.
That's why Christ said to the Pharisees all the time, you do not know my Father. If you knew my Father, you would accept me as well. But the law that you claim to profess to protect you is actually blinding you. The Pharisees were like young boys who were unwilling to grow up beyond and go through, through the law into the freedom that only the Father can give. So how do we do that? For us men and for us as Christians, how do we enter into the freedom of the Spirit that Christ himself embodied? So Dr. Glover, he spoke about a few different things, and I think it applies to the spiritual life just as much as it applies to our life with one another. He talks about honesty and vulnerability. Because remember, to be a nice guy, you're often living in fear. You're afraid of your own being. You're afraid to manifest who you are because you're afraid of the conflict that will arise from it. And that also gives a rise to an idea of perfectionism. Like, I have to be perfect. And if anyone sees that I'm imperfect, then I'll be rejected. So he says, you have to learn to truly speak your desires, to speak your mind, to let people see who you really are. And the beautiful thing about it is we're all imperfect. That's the first thing you realize when you step into life. You fall because we're imperfect. But it's better to take the chances in stepping into the vulnerability of life than hiding under the law in fear. So number one, honesty with other people. Do the closest people in your life know who you are? Do you have people in your life who you can share every single thing about yourself with? Especially if you're a man, it has to be with other men. And that's where intimacy comes in. Intimacy means into me see. We need people in our life, just a few, who know us completely. So like, for, for example, with men who have struggle with addiction, what often comes from addictive behavior is a fear of being seen. I'm hiding behind a facade so long, right? And I'm afraid if anybody sees who I really am, that I'll be rejected. And it just makes the cycle get worse and worse and worse. So what men need to learn to do is to seek their validation of their being from other men who can, they can be completely honest with, who will call them out and raise them into the greater side of themselves. And we also need to see, are we living that relationship with our Heavenly Father? Because remember, the, the fear of imperfection, the fear of, of my own faults, that's what really drives a nice guy. Have you shared your deepest sins, your deepest sufferings with God in prayer? Do you feel like our Heavenly Father knows you through and through all your good and all your bad? Because a father doesn't wait outside of his house calling the child out. The father comes into the house, meets the child where he is, and draws him into the freedom of the spirit outside. And that's why God isn't waiting on the other side of a confessional for us. Oftentimes, if we keep running back to confession every single time we fall, feeling like I fall out of grace and therefore God hates me, can never love me where I'm at, so I need to go back to confession, get in right standing, and then I can be good with God. No. God has to find us in the very place of our imperfection. But that takes honesty, and it takes vulnerability, and it, and it takes accepting our imperfection, and God's seeing us in that. And then He's the one that draws us into the freedom of the Spirit. And that's what the Pharisees refused to do. They refused to allow the Father to find them in all the imperfection. And that's why they hid in the law. 
And that's why the law can never set you free. Because only the Father and the Spirit of the Father can set you free in Christ. But you have to be honest in that relationship. And you have to be vulnerable and you have to be willing to accept your imperfection. Then you can manifest your being as you truly are. And you can find the freedom that you truly seek. The goal of freedom is not egotism. It's not, it's to become a free gift. And unless I possess myself totally, I can never make of myself a gift to another. Nice guys don't possess their own territory, so they can never make of themselves a sacrifice for other people. Christ was a man who lived in the freedom of his Father, free to be who, himself, who he was himself at all times, even unto death on the cross. A free gift. And that's why there's never any resentment in Christ. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. His first words on the cross. And his last, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. Because his whole being was a free gift. No strings attached. And the truth is, nice guys will often act out of selfish motives. They do the right thing in order that they can be fed. It's not out of true love and a gift for another. Christ is calling us all into the freedom of the gift. And we only get that when we receive first from our Heavenly Father the freedom that only He can give. And Jesus Christ remains in the free gift of Himself in every single Mass we come to. This is my body given up for you. And this is my blood poured out for you. Those aren't the words of a nice man a weak, passive victim. Those are the words of a strong, independent, courageous, passionate man who had total control of his being. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This is a command I have received from my Father. And that is a command every single one of us is meant to receive from our Heavenly Father. A command that gives us the power to be free. Free to be who we are at every single moment of our lives without fear. And with that power, we too can become free to offer our lives in sacrifice.